We have four readings for today. The first one is from the Book of Wisdom, chapter 12, where we hear descriptions about God's mastery of might and his actions being the revelation of parts of his character. We learn that power, whenever you will, attends you, Lord, and that you've taught your people by your deeds that those who are just must be kind. In Psalm 86, there is a favorite statement for me that I repeat. Turn toward me and have pity on me. Give your strength to your servant. We cannot do anything of our own strength, but we can do everything through God's strength in us. The letter of St. Paul to the Romans chapter 8, just a couple of verses that are powerful because in them we see that the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness. And that it, that is such a hopeful thing for our, our hearts that we don't have to do things of our own strength. And that Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 13 through a series of parables that there is a man sowing good seed on the field and the enemy comes and sows weeds in the middle of the night. And there's a conversation about what grows in our midst that is good and what grows that is not good. And we can ponder about that together. Yesterday we received the results of COVID-19 in our family coming negative, And that was such a wonderful feeling knowing that we could come out of quarantine, that the fever that the children had last weekend did not result in COVID-19. We are so grateful. But the week was a week of even closer lockdown and being very careful about how we interacted with each other, even in the house. So in a week like this, after so many months, there's a sense of weariness that we have to turn in our hearts and not dwell on the negative sides of things, but try to keep it lighthearted. And it's not always easy, especially I learned yesterday that the mother of a dear friend passed away and um, cannot even imagine the loss of her mother. So as we meditate on the readings of the day and ponder with gratefulness for some of the wonderful things that are happening in our lives and also with sorrow for the things that are difficult for the people that are suffering in our midst. We take consolation in knowing that God is mighty and there's no God beside you who have the care of all and that he takes care of us when we're in a spirit of thanksgiving and he cares for us when we're in a spirit of sorrow. And we learn also that the mastery that God displays through his actions, showing justice and leniency and mercy is helping us to lift our eyes and ponder how we can imitate those qualities within ourselves, the qualities of kindness and mercy that that, uh, God displays, and also the qualities of justice. And how do we enter into that sense of mastery that is described in the Book of Wisdom especially as it relates to our emotions, which is one of the things we try to ponder, that unless we develop emotional fitness, unless we have mastery of our emotions, we can be immature in, a, in the way that we walk spiritually because our, our emotions can become obstacles 
in the path of our spiritual understanding and also our spiritual actions, acting from a place that puts God first. As we come to Psalm 86 and we hear that, Lord, you are good and forgiving, we are also given a reminder that these are the qualities that we must practice ourselves to be forgiving, to abound in kindness, and to be slow to anger, which can be very difficult. All of these are places for practicing emotional mastery. So what do you do when you feel angry? It's easy to, to jump and act quickly and sometimes in a rush and not really think through what we're doing or saying and then regret it afterwards. So it's a very good practice to take deep breaths and really push the feelings outside of us almost with a physical motion. And sometimes it's a, a physical motion with my hands that I literally just push the thought away when I feel a sense of anger taking over. We know that God gives us his strength and that he can help us in a moment of need. And the verses of a psalm can be very helpful in acting as a weapon of sorts for our spirit to be able to fight off emotions that want to take us down paths that are not helpful for us. So we can say, turn toward me, have pity on me, Lord, give me your strength that I might fight this moment, that I might stay quiet and not have to regret something that I would have said otherwise. These two verses from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans are favorite of mine. My children say you have so many favorite ones, but I use them as meditations and sometimes almost as affirmations or canticles, incantations, something that you say out loud in a moment of difficulty in order to restrain an emotion that is going in the wrong direction or guide a thought or find strength, literally. And this one says, The Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. Isn't that wonderful to know? That sometimes we are praying, but we don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit is within us, groaning for the things that are best for our growth. When we are in uncertainty, like we were all week thinking through the possibility that there was COVID-19 because some of the children had symptoms and fever. And then the relief when you get the news that it's not. How do you act when we have that uncertainty building up and it creates stress? And then we can kind of snip at each other, snap and uh, say things that are not appropriate. So to know that we can rely on God's help, that we can ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us is a very hopeful thing for my heart. Because sometimes we also pray for things that we want, but they're not the ones we need. So it's wonderful to know that God in his wisdom is within us expressing those thoughts and bringing them almost to our own consciousness so that we can recognize that some of the things that happen in life are inevitable. Like the death of my friend's mother, knowing that her mother passed away and that that's something that each one of us will have to walk through is um, important to recognize that we have to rely on God on those moments and we have to help each other. The process of grief has so many stages and so many moments where we 
um, lose sight of ourselves. Uh, this week, we have had sunflowers grow in my grandmother's garden. And I planted six six uh, sunflowers for each one of us. And they they had all bloomed. And I had this sense that grandma was painting things for us. And um, several times this week, I thought to call the nurses. And the thoughts are so automatic that they just come to mind. And we have to be kind to ourselves. And I know that the process of grief takes time and takes patience. And we have to be patient, especially with those that are going through a moment of grief or friends that are, you know, um, taking care of others while one of their family members may be in the hospital. So let's rejoice in knowing that the Spirit groans within us, asking for the things we need. Sometimes we don't get what we want, but we always get what we need. In the reading for today on the book of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is teaching through parables and giving the crowd an image of the kingdom of heaven being likened to a man who sows good seed in the field and while everyone is asleep, the enemy comes and sows weeds. And Jesus explains what that means when the disciples ask him and tells them that the good seed is planted by the Son of Man himself, and the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the weeds are the children of the evil one, the enemy who sows them is the devil. And we live in a culture that likes to propose that the devil doesn't exist. I've heard that many times. I remember hearing it in college, where people would say that was sort of a metaphor in an idea that wasn't real, that we didn't have to believe things like that with a progressive mind in our modern mind. And so we tamed the idea that the devil existed. But Jesus is very clear that the devil has people that follow his commands and his instructions and that they try to see to plant seeds that are weeds, destructive ones, ones that separate people, and that that is the cause of all suffering, that kind of separation. And at the end, that separation becomes real because those that choose to live their lives against God, at the end of time when justice happens finally, at the at the very end in the last judgment, the ones that have chosen not to do good will be separated and given the chance to basically go to hell as they chose. It's not easy to think about it in modern terms, but we have to come to grips with the fact that there's a lot of evil in the world. In fact, look at this virus and what it has caused, how it has kept the world on edge, and how we are praying for an end to COVID-19. In the meantime, as we wait, because there's there's a part of waiting in this, in this parable where the disciples say, well, shouldn't we just pull out the weeds? But the sower says, no, we have to wait until the end because if we pull them now, we're going to pull out the good stuff as well. And so that can be very much what happens in our life. Justice is not always immediate. Sometimes we have to wait. And in that waiting time, there can be lots of thoughts and feelings that come up. Why me? Why now? Why has this happened? And especially with this pandemic where people are again losing jobs or people are getting sick, we can ask that clearly. Why me? Why now? Why is this happening? And 
we have to reckon that we have to learn to ask good questions because asking why me, why now is not a very helpful question. It will put us on ex- on a state of anxiety and it create will create emotions in us that will take us on a spiral that is downward or we will have less options, less positive thoughts and ideas that can actually help us to create action that moves our life in the right direction. We had to address that this week as I had several kids that were quarantined in different rooms because they had slightly different uh, different uh, symptoms and we were bringing food up to them in, in liquids and teas. And when they had fever, I was wearing a mask. And so we were being very careful as we also went to the place to get tested. So when we are dealing with uncertainty, when we're dealing with a virus that is evil, that is causing all kinds of havoc in our world, we have to learn to navigate our thoughts and feelings to keep them on an even keel, on a centered platform so that we know how to take action without feeling despaired. This is a time uh, for COVID where we have to use it to work on ourselves as well. We have a really amazing opportunity to work on ourselves as individuals and to work on ourselves as couples and to work on ourselves as families so that when we come out of it, we come stronger, we come out better, we come out clearer, that we have used our talents, that we come to the end of the summer and we can say, how did we, how did we use this time of the, time of the lockdown? Even if there are times like this week where we had a stop, for example, for our triathlon training, we decided to train for a triathlon, but this week we couldn't do it. So we have to know how to put something on hold and then take it up again this week hopefully we're gonna return back to it and and, uh, in the meantime you know I've been going down up and down the stairs a lot to get things to kids so not not feeling desperate which I could have uh, because I'm not training and I'm feeling immediately you know you can put on weight or you can feel like you're losing the edge that you had because the training had got you know to a good pace so being kind and saying, well, the training this week is going to be going up and down the stairs. So accepting that there is a change and that there is a difference and using the time to work on ourselves. So we have the idea of God's mastery that is inviting us as he's showing us in his deeds how to act and inviting us how to live from a sense of justice and knowing that he is himself as the Holy Spirit groaning within us. And that we can come to him and remember these verses on the Psalms to find strength and find direction that we are not doing things on our own. And that we do have a choice. We have a choice for how we think and feel about things when we're in the midst of evil. And that evil does exist in the world. And together we can pray for an end of COVID. So Lord, help us put an end. Uh, Help us us as, as a humanity to come up with a solution Help us to rely on you to leave everything in the altar of heaven so that we can have peace of mind in the name of Jesus. Amen.